See y'all. How was Christmas? Everybody survived? Anybody here Christmas Eve night? Did you guys check us out? It was awesome. We had a great time uh, just, just bringing in the Christmas season. And uh, uh, we had a few casualties, you know, had some voice loss, but I think it all came back. And I think we're still struggling today from that. But, uh, but we're going we're gonna to worship God today despite all that. And, uh, and uh, hard to believe that this is the last Sunday of uh, 2013. You know, I don't know why, but my clock this morning has gone so fast. I think somebody had their hand has gone around. You know, you ever got up and like you had five minutes left and you look back and the five minutes is gone? That's how it was this morning. Everybody's like 10 minutes late this morning getting here. But, you know, you know, we're just going to worship God today. We ask God to slow the clock down a little bit today so we can all just like focus on him and, and not worry about what time it is and, you know, where we got to do what we do today. Just, uh, just, so let's stand on up and we're going to sing this song called Sweet Embrace. It's kind of rocking, so I want you guys to participate, you know, and uh, get your hands clapping. Get the blood flowing. One, two, three, four. Come on.
um, post fruitcake. Uh, fruitcake? Hangover oh or something. I don't know. Who eats that stuff, anyways? No one. Anybody? No one. I saw them, like, you can get uh, I see hands out there. Who eats fruitcake? You think the lights are off, man? What is wrong with you? The walk of shame out there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I never tried it. Have you tried it? Mince meat and those kind of things. Oh, I like mince meat pie. Do you? I want to know what figgy pudding is. What is figgy pudding? Bring it right Bring here. me some figgy pudding. <laughs> bring it right now. That's because there's no Walmart. Must be good stuff. You sell figgy pudding in Walmart? No? If it's got that demand, it must be good. Bring it now. We're rolling back to figgy pudding. All right. You guys sound like your own figgy pudding. So let's go. Let's wake up, right? Right? Just checking. All right. Everlasting to everlasting. God is eternally mortal.
standing around because there's not seats. There's a bunch of them up here now that the light's on. Maybe you can check it out. But um, we're glad you're here with us. If you're visiting, um, as we always say, we don't believe you're here by accident. So um, if you'd like to know more about our church or if you're just visiting for the first time, welcome. Um, Meet me out at the door after church and I'd love to talk to you a little bit more and meet you. So in your bulletin, there's just a couple announcements. You can notice now that Christmas is over, we're like down to one page again. (laughs) So that's good. But there's some important things on here. Um, wanted to draw your attention to a couple. Um, specifically, um, we're going to be, after the first of the year, we're going to be having a membership class again. So if you are interested in that, either see me or there's a sign-up sheet after, um, after church out in the, in the Bell Cafe. You can go find one out there and sign up. We'd love to have you a part of that. Um, the second thing is a, a, an announcement in here that's in here for the first time. Um, the leadership team is in need of some minor administrative support on a weekly basis. Um, It just requires that you have some skills in Microsoft Office and some of the basic emails and things like that. We think it'll be maybe an hour to two hours a week max, but it's something really important that we need. So if you have interest, skills, and and, uh, would like to help out with that, please see me or send me an email. And then um, the last thing that I want to draw your attention to is next week is the emergency rotating shelter. So we are down to the wire. Um, And so Joanne and Debbie, raise your hands. Okay, these two are going to be out in, in, the, in the side here after church. Please take a look. You can see we still have needs for, uh, follow, you know, for volunteers in, in, during that week. It's a very important week where we support the homeless in our community. So um, please make sure that you stop out there. Uh, if you haven't signed up or if you have and you think there might be something else you could do, please do that. Um, do you guys have anything else on that? Looks like no. Okay, great. So I think that's it. I think that's all. Um, this is from Rachel. Hi, Rachel. 
No, it is. Rachel coordinates our nursery. Um, just real quick, how many of you have helped in the nursery over the last year? Um, a big thank you to them, particularly those of you who have nursery-aged kids. Um, if uh, you'd be willing to or if other people be willing to, please go ahead. This will go around. Sign up for this year. Um, they need people or else Rachel will look a little bit more haggard and, um, you know, a lot haggard and want to choke you, right, if you're there. so. But it's a good time. There's also a TV that has the live feed. So while you're in there watching the kids, you can also see that as well. So please go ahead and we're going to pass that around. Uh, right now, as that's going on, I'm going to show a brief video. Then after that, I'm going to lead, lead us in prayer for this last Sunday in 2013. It's crazy, isn't it? Really weird. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and show this video. What I want you to do right now is just stand and greet those people around you, um, and then I'll go ahead and... and Say hey to somebody you don't know. If you don't know them, if not, it's all good. All right. I think this is why I love small churches, you know, because, you know, you don't get this in the picture, do you? I mean, everybody knows the other most part, and you, you kind of you know, you know, somebody's not here, and you call them up and say, hey, where were you? I say, hey, I missed you. It's like, a, it's like a party every Sunday, you know. Where else can you do this? Unless you want to organize a party at Jim's house every Sunday. All right, let's open with prayer, if you will, right now. Lord God, we just thank you for being here today. You've brought us through almost another year. And for many of us, it's been a year that we say, hallelujah, it's over. For others, it's we're like, man, I just hope it's as good and hangs on as it did this year. But regardless of what happens, God, we're all here for one reason, and that's to worship your name. You said uh, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So time is... Uh, it doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of who you are. We get caught up in time and all kinds of things. But during this time right now, this is the perfect time for you to meet us here, God, and to renew us. Uh, for us, the new year gives us a chance to look at those things that we messed up and say, okay, well, we're going to fix that this year. And um, But still, no matter what, you're wonderful and you're awesome. And... Uh, and God, you forgive us and you love us. That's what this whole message is. Even though we, we're already packing away stuff for Christmas and forgetting about all the stuff that we spent months uh, getting ready for, uh, God, let us just, um, as that video said, 
let us just remember the work of Christmas has begun in sharing your son, Jesus. And for that, we all give you praise as we worship you further this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
that bridge one more time together. Amen. Worship 
While the children finished going out, I learned last evening that Bonnie Racine makes fruitcake. A source to be reckoned with. This is the time of the service where we follow the scripture's commands to bear one another's burdens. And we share the things that we're going through in life that we want others to pray for. And we also share our joys. I received a a text about 40 minutes ago from Chris King um, saying that Terry King had passed away last evening. Um, The Lord knows the relationship there. We think that it's possibly uh, her sister-in-law, but uh, she has requested prayer for the family that remains, so we want to remember the King family this morning. Jeannie has asked us to pray for her nephew, uh, Jeff Pate, who's been suffering from migraines for the last three weeks. And we'll have an MRI this week to determine the cause of those uh, headaches. And then Trudy has asked for prayer for friends of hers, Larry Berner and Connie Irby. Let's go to the Lord this morning in prayer. Father, as we gather on this last Sunday of this year, no doubt there are many emotions running through our mind. Some of us can't wait for it to be over and hoping that it'll be much better in this coming year. And others are sad to see it go because it's had many joys and many good memories for them. But we pray, Father, that as we look to the end and the beginning of the new, that we will put aside what has happened in the past because there's nothing that we can do to change that. There's nothing that we can do to make um, history different. But as we think about how you would guide and lead us in this coming year and the things that you have in store for us as individuals, as families, and as this congregation here, we can be excited because we know that you have been with us in the past. You are with us right this very moment. And you will be with us as we go through this new year. Father, we pray that we will make resolutions, but we will make you part of those resolutions, that we will look to you to help us 
make the changes that we need to make in our lives to become better people for you. We pray, Father, this morning for the King family as they have suffered this loss, and we just pray, Father, that you'll uh, wrap your arms of love around them and comfort them. And we pray, Father, that you'll be with Jeannie's nephew as he's having these migraines, then as with the doctors and the testing that will be done this week to determine the cause that um, he can find relief from them. Father, we think of those who um, are looking for employment and are looking for uh, better relationships in their lives and working out the difficulties of uh, marriage relationships and family relationships and all of the things that are represented here this morning in this congregation. We pray, Father, that we will look to you uh, for guidance and direction and that we will share each other's burdens, that we will not just hear what we've um, has been said this morning, but we will remember them throughout the week and continue to bring them to you. We pray, Father, for those who have lost loved ones in the last uh, few days within this group. We pray, Father, that you'll bring healing. And we pray that as we listen this morning that we will be ready to become active in uh, making the changes that uh, we will be called to this morning through the words that you've given Jack. We pray that as we give our tithes and offerings this morning, that you will bless us and that you will bless the outcome of those funds. We ask all of these things in thy name. Amen. of my 
I'll be with you as soon as I get untangled. Let me say that again. You guys look good? You're supposed to say yes. If you don't think you look good, just look in the mirror or something. I don't know. Um, all right. Um, don't worry. I'm not going to mention anything at all about a football game today. <laughs> at all. I won't say a word about one at all. Nothing. I'm not going to mention anything about a certain bird and an evil rancher. Okay. I mean, no. All right, here, we'll put, we'll put this here on, on the altar. There we go. Right. Hopefully not for sacrifice, right? So. All right, our scripture lesson today is going... Ever have a good Christmas? If you had a horrible one, would you tell me? Would you? Okay, I see somebody for saying, okay. Anybody have a bad one? Huh? Anybody have a bad Christmas? No, okay, just checking. Um, all right, we are going to start today with our scripture lesson from Matthew chapter 14, um, and uh, we are going to um, look at verses 13 through 34. And this is one of those very, very popular preacher verses of Scripture. I think every pastor who ever wanted to go ahead and preach, um, starting off, they could always find a sermon on Jesus feeding the 5,000. Um, and some of you may have felt like over Christmas break, I saw some, several people put on there, this is my fourth meal for family in the last three days. I've had enough. Some of you may have felt like you had to feed the 5,000. Um, keep in mind, this is 5,000 men plus women and children. So there could have been upwards of, of fifteen to 20,000 people that Jesus fed here with somebody else's lunch, which I think is really cool. Um, so let's look at this. All right. So it says... When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew, uh, let me see, he withdrew to a, uh, by boat to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from towns. I think that's very interesting. Jesus wanted to get by himself, and everybody came with him. Um, anybody have kids? You feel that way? Uh, there we go. Um, when Jesus landed, he saw the large crowd. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. As the evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food, buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Now, if you look in the other Gospels, you find out that it was a little boy's. Um, and I think it's really funny here that Matthew says, look what we've got. And they took it from some little boy. Um, so if you're hungry and you need to feed the multitudes, steal some little kid's Lunchable. Um, we have here, uh, so he says, he said, bring them here to me, he said. And then he directed the people, sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish. He looked up into heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They ate, and all were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. What's really cool is it shows that God actually takes care of those who serve as well. How many disciples? Who's the only person who didn't get fed here? Jesus, do the math, okay? Um, the number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Then immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was, a, he was there alone, 
probably said, finally. Um, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went to, out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, let me come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, and the wind died down, and they climbed into the boat, and the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Verse 34, when they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. Um, I pray that God will just unpack his word today so that um, we can go ahead and hear what he has to say to us this last Sunday of 2013. But I'm focusing a lot more on looking ahead than looking back today. Hopefully you have your uh, bulletin with you and inside are a lot of blanks um, for things that you can fill in today. Um, And also... There is a QR code. Anybody who knows what that is, you can hit that, and I'll take you to our Facebook page, and I'd love for you to just write stuff. And if you're good, I may comment. Or if it's bad, I may comment as well. So go ahead and just use that um, to go ahead and connect and just put what you want there, um, something that stands out to you. Uh, for anybody watching at home, hopefully they'll do the same thing. You can go to um, the Facebook page, Haven Community Church, and um, uh, I think it's facebookhavencc.org. Um, so please go ahead and double check on that. All right? And we're just going to have a good time here today. By the way, um, just for anyone who may have gotten some kind of tablet, anybody get a tablet? I got to say that because iPad, iPod, iSomething. Uh, okay, some people got some. There's some great free Bible apps out there. One is called Uversion and is put out by LifeChurch.tv. Yes, that is the name of a church. Um, and it's a really awesome church. It's free, Uversion, Y-O-U version. And they also have come out recently with Uversion for Kids, which is free. And it's all cartoons. It's awesome. So, um, it's, and you know what really makes it awesome? It's free. Um, and it's high quality free. So please go ahead, check that out. Um, it's in all different formats, and that, that's some of the stuff I use every week, um, and you can buy individual programs. You guys ready for a new year? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, anybody sad to see 2013 go? No, no. Why? It's like kind of losing your best friend, isn't it? You know? Or your worst friend or your worst enemy. Uh, 2013. How many of you last year said, I can't wait for 2012 to go, so 2013 can be better? All right. How, how'd that work out for you? All right, so we're all still here by the grace of God. But you know, what's interesting, Christmas has come and Christmas is gone. It seemed like we did a lot of work getting up to it and seemed like it was gone like that. Um, and uh, it's, it's really interesting. I, I was even shocked that the day after Christmas, I was in Walmart. And I walked in and I saw the aisle that used to be filled with Christmas stuff now filled with Valentine's Day stuff. I was like, Whoa, when did that happen? You know, <laughs> I was like, quick, and it's right away. And as soon as Valentine's go, man, we'll be in Easter stuff. <clears throat> and then when will we see Christmas stuff again? In August. Um, it gets earlier. That one little section over there of, of Christmas stuff in August, and then after Halloween moves out, bam, and it'll explode all over the store. <laughs> but it's really interesting. And you can get stuff like, I think it's like 50, 75% off. Um, I got another tree. It's nice. It has snow on it. So... 
See, you guys like it. I told you. Got it half off. You can clap. It's okay. Um, it has. When we look at the new year, there's something about the new year. Uh, it's, it's kind of a reflective time where we look back at where we messed up. Anybody feel that way? How many, how many were able to keep any of your resolutions from last year? Oh, a couple. Very good. <coughs> how many you blew them away after the first week? Okay, there's a couple. All right. Um, how many have got some new ones this year? How many are they based off of what you didn't accomplish last year? Okay, good. Here we go. The, we are going to talk today about a turning point. So many of us, when we look at a new year, we get really excited because it kind of gives us a do-over. It's kind of like a reboot, a time to, time to do things over. And we, how many of you have said Happy New Year to anyone already? Okay, some of you will, but it'll get more and more. Now, with the expectation of 2014, I want 2014 to be crisis-free. Anybody? And I, when I say Happy New Year, when I think of that song, Old Lang Syne, which is kind of demented if you've ever looked at the words, should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind? They must have had some really wild friends, you know, and they got them into a lot of trouble. Uh, and, and, you know, but it's like just getting rid of all that stuff and, and going on. And as I see that, I think that I want no problems. Um, this time last year, I started off and I preached the first week with 103 degree temperature right after Christmas. Um, I want no financial problems. Anybody have an amen to that? Amen. There you go. Um, I want my kids to be absolute angels. I can keep on wanting, okay? Um, they've got bad genes this side. Um, so, um, and how many of you, there, there's other stuff we don't want. I don't want any problems with anybody I work with. I don't want any issues from people. I want everybody to stay steady on this this. Christmas, New Year's, new commitment to God all year long, that when it gets July and 90 degrees that we don't say, ah, God, you'll be there in the fall. I want that to happen. I want people to grow closer and just have this relationship with God that, you know, as a seminary professor of mine told me, that the job of every pastor is to work themselves out of a job. Um, And I would love for that. And I would like want absolutely no crisis. But guess what? Ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. In my 42 years, it's not happened. Um, I can look. I can't make you a promise like that. If I did, I can tell you, if I did, the first time your car breaks down in 2014, you're going to be that dumb preacher. He lied to me. We'll go through all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to promise that to you. But what I will promise to you is that every crisis you have, if you make a commitment, that if you take every crisis you have you can, and you reevaluate it, you can look at it as an opportunity for the glory of God to work in and through it. And so that you can begin to trust him and put your hope in him fully. Um, and so we're going to talk about today. Today I want to start with kind of a working definition of what we're going to talk about in this turning point. And today I want to be able, we're going to use the word embrace. Look at the person next to you and say Embrace. Look at the person on the other side of you. Say embrace. Okay, good. We're going to talk about embrace. Now embrace the person. No, just joking. Um, I want you to embrace the opportunity to see God's glory through absolutely every crisis. That's tough. That's tough. If you look back on 2013, I guarantee you if I ask you to share a crisis, you're going to have problems figuring out which one. 
And when you look at your time in that, it was hard when you're going through that to see God in the midst of that crisis. Am I right? And so I want you to do that though today. Crisis, the word in Greek is crisis. It starts with a K. It's um, crises. And it means to separate, divide, um, a selection. In Latin, it takes on a medical thought process, and it means a turning point in a disease. It's actually a medical term. Or to sift, or to use a sieve in order to separate and, uh, and to, ch- to change things. In Hebrew, it's a barred foreign word, and actually it means a, a birthing of something, crisis. So it's got some really interesting definitions um, that the scriptures are written into. So I want to tell you all crises versus whether they're large or whether they're little tiny ones. Like, like the crisis that plagues me throughout the whole year is losing my keys or my wallet. Anybody ever had that crisis? It is a daily occurrence. Um, my mother-in-law says I should have been her kid because we lose our keys all the time. And it's got everything on there. And then I have another set, but it doesn't have everything else on there I need. And so I, I flip out about that, and I can't find it. And there's always some kind of little crisis. That's a big crisis that plagues me all throughout the year. I know I'm going to lose my keys in 2014. Uh, but it could be large ones. Like there could be health issues. Um, our family's dealt with a lot of different health issues over the last two years with our, our parents and others. Um, or it could be the loss of people that we love, and I know that many of you have gone through that. It could be struggles with addiction and other kinds of things that people have dealt with. It could be relationships that are broken or up and down. It could be parents, teens, trying to control every ounce of your life. Is that a crisis? With your parents trying to control absolutely everything. Um, you're, and everyone there. It could be uh, all kinds of different things. It could be God's blessings that seem to put you in a crisis, or it could be Satan's attack. Regardless of what it is, you will have the opportunity for a turning point in 2014 in each of your crises. So, not, so I'm going to give you some turning point resolutions today. And we're going to start with this one. The first thing that I want to do is I want us to, to uh, adopt this one. I will embrace my crisis to experience God's power. That's the first thing on your sheet. Embrace my crisis to experience God's power. Now, in order to do so, um, what if your obstacles were actually a way of God preparing to do something incredible? Just think about that. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about in the Scripture, in the Bible, how it would be very boring if there were no crises in the Bible. Absolutely. And God would not have to do anything at all. And in order to do this, I want you to go with me to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus, we're going to talk about this guy named Moses. You heard about him? Let my people go. I always think of Charleston, Charlton Heston, always will. And if Moses looks anything different, I'm going to be upset with God. Um, so I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 14, or it'll be up here. And I want you to think about this great story. This is when the Israelites are getting ready to get freed. And I'm going to read to you some of this section of Scripture. 
In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13, it says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Stop. Go to verse 22. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The end. Or we could go to 34. Let's jump to 30, I think 34. I mean, excuse me, 31. And it says, And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand the Lord displayed, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in Moses. The end. Good story, huh? Right? Doesn't that sound good? Moses says, what does he say? He starts this off by saying, don't be afraid, stand firm, you'll see the deliverance of the Lord. Then we have them walking through on dry ground. It's awesome. The end of the story. But there's a lot that's missing here. And guess what it is? Crisis. A lot of crisis is missed out here. Look how boring that is. You can't make a movie off of, hey, don't be afraid, trust God, and then, whew, that was a good journey. There's no movie there. There's no let my people go. There's none of that. We can't go anywhere. We just walk through. It's all good. Let's look at what we missed here. We missed the Egyptians who saw them. We missed Moses getting to the Red Sea, opening up, holding up his staff, and God separating the water, and they walked through on dry land. We missed the God keeping fire behind them to keep the Egyptian army from coming after them. We miss them getting through and then the Egyptian army following through and we miss the God saying, okay, that's enough. The water's coming over and engulfing the Egyptians and the wheels of their chariots falling off before that and putting them in confusion and then the, their bodies washing up on the shore. The people who are following the uh, Israelites. We miss out on all that. That's the good stuff, am I right? I mean, anytime you look up a picture, go ahead and Google Exodus 14. I guarantee you it's a picture of water walled up and people walking across. You know why? Because that's a main point. But guess what? When they were all put on the shore and there was a little pathway coming through the wilderness here with the Egyptians and the Red Sea in front of them, I don't think they said, oh, hallelujah, praise God. This is an awesome experience. You know what the scripture tells us? That they said to Moses, you brought us all the way out here to die. We could have died in Egypt. The crisis is the point where God is God. And let's look at what happens here. We've missed out on all that stuff. And I can tell you something. That when the enemies arise in your life, you have a choice. You can retreat and get wiped out. Can you imagine if you're there You're facing the water. You're facing the Egyptians. You're kind of working your way in the middle so you aren't killed first. Maybe you just be taken back captive. You're wondering, can I swim for it? You look to Moses and say, thanks, and you you want to beat him. So we have a choice. We can retreat. Or we can give up. I don't like this Moses guy anyway. I never wanted to leave my home. I like making bricks without straw. Help me. Or... You can stand still. Isn't that what he says here? The Lord will, in verse 14, the Lord will fight for you if you just remain still. Um, And as we look at this, we can see God's glory if we just stay still. One of the things that God kind of let me know in this point, and this is uh, right underneath 1522 in your bulletin, 
There is no victory without an enemy. We have no victories in life unless we have an enemy that's there. And one of the main things that we see here is that when I get to this point a year, I begin to go through some mental things myself. And I go, Whew, we made it. Like, it's, like you're coming up on the end of the year and you start to go, Whew, I survived another one. Hallelujah. Ha. Uh, another year, got the bills paid for this year. Kids got Christmas. Everything's good. Ah, and then I wake up and I'm like, darn ball drop. Now we got to start this again. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's January. I got to pay, work five months again to pay government taxes. Oh no. Right? Does anybody go through this kind of stuff? That means I got to do this again. It's going to be so long again till we get to the end. And then next year I'll get to the point and I'll go, God willing, whew, made it again. And I've done that for 42 years in some, some capacity. Usually when I was younger, it was like, ooh, how many more days till Christmas? I want stuff, right? And when we look at this, I, this kind of mentality of, of like, whew, I made it. And then I'll adopt, okay, okay, Jack, well, this year's going to be different. This year's going to be different. You're going to do the right things. You're not going to get angry with anybody. Nobody at all. You're going to be a better husband, a better father, a better caring pastor, a, a, a better uh, just everything. You're just going to be a better person. Anybody with me here? I can just turn around and preach to this thing here if you, if you want. You, you know, I go through these things a lot. Or worse, I get to this point of year and I'm confronted by my failings in 2013. And I'm confronted by the struggles that I have in my life. Anybody have any struggles? Struggles that not are necessarily outside me, but the struggles that are within me that seem to be winning the battle. Um, and I don't take the opportunity to let God do a victory and show me his glory. Struggles, some of you here I know, uh, struggle with chronic pain. I know there's people, I know there's people that watch every week that struggle with chronic pain. I'm sure there's just like, and, and often when I talk with people, they're between two worlds. One world is, oh God, take this away. And the other one is, I just had enough. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of just being hurt. Others will uh, struggle with depression. I'm a pretty happy guy, but I have moments where I just struggle and I feel like I'm the only person in the world. I, I relate a lot to Elijah. I say, God, you've killed all the other ones and it's just me. Anybody with me in that boat? Because it's nice to know when I'm down like that, that somebody else is as miserable as I am. <laughs> Misery loves company, right? And, and it just seems to have such a hold on us. Um, or it could be finances, which can bring depression at times. Uh, you start to ha worry about finances and struggle with that, and you don't do well with managing budgets and other kinds of things. And I got to tell you, I pray for everybody in here that those people that are dealing with pain and struggling, I pray that God will remove that from their, their bodies and their lives. For people who deal with depression, I help counsel with them, and I also help pray for them that they'll get, over, get through this and find the joy of the Lord as being their strength. And others struggle with financial blessings. And one of the things I ask them is, do they give to the Lord? Do you honestly give to the Lord of your time, your gifts, your money, and your talents? I, I pray financial blessing over you this year, not so that you can build a house. 
uh, that's bigger and larger like Solomon did in the Bible. I always love that. Solomon built the temple, but he built his house three times the size. What does that preach? You know? But I, I pray that God's blessing on you so that you can tithe, not so that this church has tons of money, but that so we can send it out. You know, because that's how we meet the needs of people in our community um, through the grace of God. You know, big blessings require big battles. You can't have a good blessing unless you have a big battle. Otherwise, it would just be, yeah, that's a blessing, that's a blessing. But when you go through those battles, you know that it's a big God who's fighting for you. I, when I was young, I loved pro wrestling. Anybody like pro wrestling? I'm going to throw a person's picture up here right now, Ric Flair. What do you say when you see Ric Flair? There you go, right there. The, the nature boy, Ric Flair. He'd been around for 400 years, um, and, and he looks like it. But the nature boy started when he was 15 years old, started wrestling. Um, he's had all kinds of injuries, all kinds of things. Just retired a couple years ago in his 50s. Um, so that's a long time, 40-plus years of wrestling. Um, and he's, one, he's not one of the best like, actors in wrestling, but he's one of the best showmen. And you guys got it because he just goes, woo, you know what I mean? And Ric Flair um, came out, and Ric Flair had a saying, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo. And you know what I find out is that is part of our struggles that we deal with in crisis. In order to be God's man or woman in life, God wants and needs you to fight the battles that come forth so that you can have a big blessing so you can, in order to be the man or woman of God, you have to get beat up a little bit and come through that. Woo! Everybody say that with me. Woo! All right, you need some work on your Ric Flair. I just want to strut around the stage right now, so... um, the is, you just, I, want to sh- I did some research that I wanted to come out with. As we're talking about this trip to Exodus, do you realize on the journey from Egypt to the promised land, the Israelites fought six major battles? It wasn't like they just said, whew, there's the water, let's go. Oh, wow, here we are. They fought six major bloody battles on their way to the promised land. So you say, whew, when they got to the promised land, it was a lot easier. Oh, no. When they got in the promised land, they fought 13 major battles. If you keep waiting to get into a point where everything's hunky-dory with God, guess what? I'm telling you, in the journey, the journey may be easier of a struggle than when you get to where God wants you to be. Because when you get to where God wants you to be, you've got enemies. Satan's beating on you. When you are on your way to get the journey, Satan wants to stop you from getting there. So guess what? And guess what? If you're sitting still, Satan will pound on you still if you're not going with where God wants you to be. So guess what? I'd rather be in the promised land where God wants me to be because guess what? On the journey to the promised land and in the promised land, God fought for them and on their behalf. In the midst of the crisis, God showed up as he said he would. I am. I'm here. And started to battle. Everybody good? Okay, so here we go. Um, number two. Number two is embrace the crisis of lacking or embrace what we do not have to receive what only God can provide or only what God provides. 
In order to do this, I want to go to our verse today that we read, Matthew chapter 14, um, verse 13, the story of the loaves and fish where the disciples steal some little kid's lunchable and go ahead and decide to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. It's an incredible and awesome story and one of my favorites. But I also want to do what I did in the Exodus chapter, and I want to skip some stuff. I want to skip the crisis. So let's look at this. In verse 13a, it says, When Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him, on foot from the towns, and when Jesus, excuse me, when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Okay, now let's jump up to verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Great story. Great story, huh? It, it's missing a lot. There's things that seem left out. It seems kind of empty without a crisis. There's no preaching on this verse. This isn't going to be in all four Gospels without, without this, without the stuff in the middle. What are we missing out on? There's so much that is missed out on. We read it today, so I don't have to read it again. But we found out that there were families that were lacking, that had nothing they had been wandering around because the Romans' taxation had taken their, their houses and everything they had. They had families on the countryside. They had nothing to eat. And the disciples who were really close to Jesus said, hey, it's getting late. Send them home to get something to eat. And they said, they, Jesus said, they have no place to go. You feed them. You feed them. You take care of them. He didn't say, let somebody else do it. Let the government take care of it. He said, you as my followers feed them. And they said, that would take a year's wages. He said, what do you got? What do you have? He said, we don't have anything, but we beat up this little boy and took his lunch. So here we go. There was a lacking that was so great, but that lacking created a way for God to prove himself as Jehovah Jireh, God the provider. A little boy's lunch in the hands of Jesus met the needs of 5,000 men plus women and children, 15,000 people. 15,000, think of that. Part of the message I see here is that this boy, I joked about them beating him up, but this little boy gave what he had unselfishly. He could have justified and said, you can cut this in 50 different ways. It's still not going to begin to scratch the surface. But unselfishly, he gave what he had, not waiting to go ahead and have something he didn't have to meet a need. He went ahead and gave out of what God had provided him, and he put it back in the hands of God. And when he did, he had a non-narcissistic self-approach way. He gave it to Jesus, and that was a launch pad to meet the needs of others. So my question to you is, what do you have that God has given you that you need to put back in his hands to meet the needs of people today? What is that? What is that crisis that you don't have? That's a whole other sermon I can go on about. I'll save that for 2014. You may be going into a new year lacking And I'm not just talking about money. I'll come back to that. I'm talking about you may be lacking, which I think many people lack, is commitment. You may be lacking a commitment to your wife, your husband, your children, your job, your church, your whatever. 
that you've made a commitment and you're not living up to that. You may be lacking a commitment. You may be lacking in willpower. Some of those New Year's resolutions that you raised your hand about, I bet you most of those fell because you lacked in willpower. But guess what? That's a cool thing. Because when you get into that, say, you know what, God? You know, I I love chocolate cake. I love it. I love that big Whitman sampler thing and everybody gave me, there's still a heck of a lot of candy canes laying around. God, I can't start. Maybe in February I'll start that. And you know, you get this, I mean, there's some good, disgusting food at this time of year, right? It just sticks on you. I mean, it just, you know, good stuff. Um, and you just don't lack the willpower. You're looking at it and going, oh, M&M's, God, M&M's, really? I heard one lady one time say, I know how I eat M&M's. I put one in my mouth and suck on it. I said, are you crazy? You got to take a handful and shove in your mouth so you got the stuff drooling out. It melt, doesn't melt in your mouth. It melts your mouth, not in your hands. You know, I'm not going to leave it there and test it, you know. Aren't they like good things? They're just really good things, you know. What are some other things that tempt you, like food-wise? Fruitcake? No. But just there's some stuff that you just lack the willpower. You said, some of you said, this year I'm going to exercise, I'm going to change it around. And then that alarm goes off in the morning about an hour earlier and you go, <laughs> tomorrow, God, tomorrow, 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 and tomorrow comes the next day. And before you know it, it's, it's June and you're like, darn it, you know. Now I got to go out on the beach like this, you know. <laughs> we do that, we do that. I can tell you after working out all this time, I hate every time I go. I hate it and I feel so great when I'm done. It is the biggest joy. When I'm walking in the locker room, when I'm walking out of the locker room and somebody that I know is walking in, they said, how you doing? I said, I'm great now. I'm done, you know? But guess what? The next day comes, and I got to make another commitment and another commitment and another commitment another commitment and have willpower. Or our finances. Some of us may be lacking in finances. But, you know, here's one of the things that I find out, and I have this on your um, bulletin under Matthew 14. When we lack or don't have it begins to have us focus on what we do have and what is in front of us. We are still the wealthiest people in the world. Now, I know everything costs more here than the rest of the world, but guess what? We still are, the, are wealthier than more in the world. I, saw, I was looking through some pictures of 2013, um, and there was um, in, somewhere over in Asia, I believe, where people were... Um, there was a riot squad in because people were asking for double their salary, which was $7.50 a week is what they wanted. $7.50 a week. Um, you know, but I think what, as we learn in this, we learn what God wants to do with our lacking where we don't have it. Maybe in your lacking this year, God will help you sit down and put together a budget. God will help you put together a budget. And I believe that God will prove to you the benefits of tithing if you'll just take a step of faith. I can tell you in my life when I have made a commitment to give to God, I would love to do like Rick Warren has done. He's reached a point in his life where he's a reverse tither. They give away 90% of what they take in. Wouldn't it be awesome? I think it would just be, it's so awesome to just live. And you talk about somebody who dealt with crisis this year. Their son, Matthew, committed suicide, dealing with depression. And they had had him everywhere. Rick Warren has helped pe- millions of people all over the world and couldn't reach out to his own son and help him get well. You think that's a crisis? And I still remember the interviews on TV, Pierce Morgan saying, did you ever, were you ever, um, did you ever stop believing in God? He said, no. He said, because I knew God's the only one who can get us through. That's God crisis. 
broken through it. Who wants to be blessed by God in 2014? You want to be, I mean, who wants to be blessed, really blessed with God? How about if God went ahead and blessed you with some pavement? Anybody? Anybody want some pavement? What about if God blessed you with a, a, a part of a, of a gate? I'd really like that, to tell you the truth. You know why? Because when I look at Malachi 3.10, and I didn't put it in your bulletin, but I got it here. This is a life verse. Uh, It says, I am the Lord all-powerful, and I challenge you. Look at that. I challenge you to put me to the test. This is the only place in the Scripture God says, put up your dukes. Let's get down to it. Pat Benatar. Um, (laughs) Put up your dukes. Let's go. I, I dare you. God says, I dare you dare you to test me. I dare you. Look at the person next to you and say, God dares you. God dares you. God, he says, I dare you. I dare you to bring the entire tithe, the entire 10% into the storehouse um, so that there will be food, which was money and life then, so that there will be uh, food in my house. And the reason why was because they took that and met the needs of everybody else with that. And then it says, then, you notice it's a conditional statement. I dare you to test me. And when you just test me on that and you act upon it, see, there's pick up the test, dare you. Then I will do this. Then I will open the windows of heaven and flood you. Look at the person next to you, the opposite side. Say flood you. Don't say that too, uh, too bad somewhere. Flood you, okay? Flood you with blessing after blessing. Guess what? When we give to God and test him on this and meet the tithe and do this, then God says, awesome, you're trusting me, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kick open the windows of heaven, and I'm going to pour out blessing. And you know what's really cool? The stuff that we consider blessings, gold and uh, pearl, are just used as pavement and gates in heaven. Think about that. Anybody pave your driveway with gold this year? I don't think so. If I called S&M Paving and said, could you please pave my driveway with gold? They'd be like, sure, but it's going to cost a heck of a lot. They won't have to work the rest of the year. But God says, the things that you think are so important, I use as cement and pavement. That's my asphalt. He said, those things that you put on your gates, that you, you know, the things that you wear around your neck and are so beautiful and you think that are awesome here, Guess what? You know what I do with that? I make gates out of them. So if, God, if that's just maintenance equipment in heaven, what do you think the blessings of heaven are? God says, test me on it. Okay? So test God. Everybody good? All right, here we go. So you can test God that way. You know, one of the things that we, we lose track of is that offering is not something that we just throw at. It's an act of worship, an act of commitment and love for God. Ask God where you're lacking. We have poor and homeless in our community. That's why we support the Parish Foundation. That's why we support the Rotating Shelter. And Joanna and Debbie, am I right? Are there still vacancies there? Still vacancies there. They still need people. There is a need. What we're saying is there is a need here. Why are we doing it as a church? Because there is a need here. Because in our communities, as I ride up and down the roads, there are people living out in the woods. That snow we had after church last week, there were people living out in the woods. But fortunately, there's a homeless shelter where they can live. Because churches finally got their own narcissistic self out of the way and went ahead and came together in order to accomplish something for God. 
That sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? So we need people. They should be, we should be turning people away that want to sign up for this. And you know what, kids? Every kid that's gone loves it and touches people's hearts. Am I right? Same thing with the Paris Foundation. Every time. When's our next Paris Foundation? 19th. Need people? Need food? There you go. There's a need. In need, God's glory is shown. Now, I got to tell you, God allows you to be the little boy with two fish and five loaves of bread. What have you got that he can use? Now, I got to tell you, as you well know, I am a huge Eagles fan. All right? And I talk a lot about sports. I will talk and say, what we need is this, and we need a linebacker, and we need this, and we need that, and we got to make sure we have this, and we need that, and we got to keep kicking off deep. And I can talk sports with anybody. I, can, I got my own game plan today in case Chip Kelly needs to talk about it. You know, I, I got my game plan together, and I always throw we, and why? And, you know, in the, in, when they screw up in the game, I'll say, what is wrong with Kerry Williams? We should have left him with the Ravens. He's horrible. Uh, and I'll say that kind of stuff. Right, Jeff? He's awful, right. Um, and so I'll say this, and then I'll say, why don't we get, why don't we, and I'm always throwing him we. But next, last time I checked, I have never put on a uniform for the Eagles. They have never said, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Cohen, so I can come out like this, yeah, you know, with all the people yelling. I'll be screaming at home like a fool. But I, they have never called and said, Jack, where are you? It's Sunday. We need you here. We can't continue. Uh, postpone kickoff, Jack Cohen's not here. They've never, ever done that. And yet I throw that we in all the time. You know why? Because I'm not participating I have not participated in one kickoff, one offensive call, one defensive call, one anything. I've been in the stands and gone, woo, fly, Eagles, fly, high five, woo. I've done that plenty of times. And my, watching my TV, I've said some really ungodly things at the television, but that's the limit. Because I may say that's my team but I don't participate and I'm not part of that team. So many times in the life of the church, and some of us even here in 2013, became spectators in the team of Haven. And rather than saying, God, whoa, that's my church, and being part of it and participating and giving those loaves and fish and giving of yourself to God, you sat back that's not, it's bad for Haven, but it's worse for you because you're never, ever going to be able to connect with what God's blessing is for you. If that little boy hadn't taken his lunch and walked by, we would have never even heard about him in, in, in life. But he was willing to give it and willing to utilize what he had and to be who he was in order to meet what God has. I believe in 2014 we need to embrace um, Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19 is a great verse, life verse. And here's what it says. It says, And my God will meet all your needs according to, your, to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You want more of the Lord in your life? Then take Philippians 4.19 to heart. 
hunger. Jesus told them, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Number three, embrace the uncertainty for God to prove his potential. Embrace the uncertainty. You know, there's so many things that are uncertain this year. I'm uncertain about my kids. I'm uncertain about um, ministry. I'm uncertain about family. I'm uncertain about everything around me. Anybody else uncertain? Um, And in that uncertainty, you may have uncertainty about your job. You may have uncertainty because somebody just went through um, a breakup. You may have uncertainty knowing that there could be somebody that you lose to death this next year. But the scripture tells us, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs chapter three. I want to take you back to Matthew 14. And we're in 22. After this is over, it says, um, and you still have that in your bulletin, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. There's the first section. Let's jump to 34. And when they, crossed over, when they crossed over, they landed in Gennesaret. We missed something very important there. Without that crisis, we miss them being afraid on the boat. We miss Simon Peter looking at Jesus saying, is that you? And stepping out of the boat. Another young preacher, preachers want to preach that sermon a lot. Um, what I want to tell you is you want crisis this year. You want crisis and uncertainty because when you have crisis and uncertainty, You need to live lives, recognize, and we all need to live lives, not just you, me. We all need to live lives recognizing that Jesus is the only thing that's certain. The only thing that we can depend on in this world is is Jesus. Am I right? And that's the only thing we can depend on in our lives. Guess what? I've known people over the last several years who have lost jobs, jobs they thought they had for, for eternity. Bam, lost them. I know people who thought they had relationships that would last the test of time. Bam, gone like that. I know so many people who have lost things and crumbled from life. Jesus is the only sure thing in your life. You know, one of the things I, I also love is Sports Center. And one of the really interesting things about that is I used to joke about NASCAR this way that I can see everything I needed to see at NASCAR on Sports Center. Um, who wins? Um, and, but it's not true, actually. I went to an event and you get to see a lot of cool things. Um, and particularly with, with football, I want to see them line up. I want to see the chess match. I want to see each hit. I want to see all those kind of things. Yeah, I can find out the final score at the end, but I like the grudge match in between. I like that. I like that chess match between coaches and defenses and offense. I get a kick in that. Anybody else with me here like that kind of stuff? And so just as in the scripture, I could see that Jesus said, hey, get in the, other, get in the boat and I'll meet you on the other side and recognize that they were going to get to the other side. But I love the story about the crisis. I love the trust from God in the midst there. It's not the results, but it's God being available in our, in our lives during those times of crisis that are going to come. In lives, we want to find a quick app that we can just zoom to the end. Anybody ever see that movie with Adam Sandler where he had that remote and he would fast forward? And he was kind of cool at first how he fast forward, but he realized he fast forwarded his life and missed out on so much. Don't miss out on what God has for you in the midst of your crisis. God wants you to experience it all so that we can grow, yes, but know it's only him who brought us through 
once and again. God wants you to see his power in the process of everything. Number four, everybody good? Now, the next leap year isn't until 2016, 2016. But this is going to be a leap year because I want you to do this. I want you to leap. Everybody say leap. Leap. I want you to leap into someone else's crisis and share God's greatness and his word. We don't like to jump into other people's crisis, but I want you to. I want you to do what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. And it says this, Praise be to the God and our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Verse 4, here it is. Who comforts us in all our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort those in any trouble which, with the comfort which we ourselves received from God. You know why you go through those struggles? So that you can help others, somebody else through those struggles. I guarantee if I went around here, over the last couple of years, people have had struggles, right? You've had loss, you've had struggles, and I guarantee you, it's somebody else who had been through some struggles that came alongside you in the name of God to help you get through. Am I right? What you have struggled with is not just for you. It's for others to share God's word. That's why the church is here. In where everything else tries to shut out Jesus and shut out the word of God, this is the one place. And the church is the one entity that can lift his name higher. And we need to do that through his people. You know, there was an app several years ago called Words with Friends. Anybody ever play that? It's like Scrabble on the iPhone. All right. Um, And I remember when it was really hot, we would play across the room from each other. You know, like you'd be playing the same person here, and you do that. And, and I started thinking about words with friends, because what you do with words with friends and Scrabble, you build around what's already there. And so many of us here are so afraid of sharing the word of God with somebody else, or sharing Jesus, just sharing Jesus. The best way to share Jesus is your struggles and how he brought you through. But use what's there. I guarantee you, you know somebody who's struggling. You know somebody who's dealing with something difficult, and that's there. So be like, words with friends and apply God's word to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family, to other people who need to know him and need to experience him. This new year is a great time as people are looking back and they're looking forward to change and to alter things that have been going on and to make adjustments, to take the old ways and adjust and to renew the new. It's a time where you and I can go ahead and share Christ in a powerful way. I've had him... And how's the powerful way to say, look what he did for me? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You can just say, I don't know much. I've struggled with this myself. But I do know that with the struggles I've had in my past, it was only God who brought me through. And since God brought me through, guess what? He can bring you through. Come with me. Heck, if you're that scared, just watch, watch online for a little bit and then come with me. Whatever. It's, it's, a, it's an awesome world. We have an awesome capability to share an incredibly awesome God. So 2014, you ready to pick up and keep going forward? We aren't resting on anything because guess what? There's people who need to know Jesus. We are told, Jesus told us two things. Praise team, you can come on up. Um, Jesus told us two things. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We had a baptism of 20-some people this year. I got in with a Marine who was home the other day. I got to see him um, in like February, which was really cold. Um, or March, one of those days, and um, to see what God is doing in people's lives. I want to see that not only be just a, whoo, I got baptized. I want to see that to be a launch pad 
for you and several others. Okay, let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord God, I just thank you for um, the people that are here today and for and bringing us through another year. But God, we've had a lot of cool things that have happened here at Haven Church. But God, we have also just scratched the surface of what you want to do through ministry. God, I want to see this be a place that's, that's rocking every day for you. That's, that the, those who are hurt are, are being uh, healed and those who are, are just um, far away from you will be brought near to you. And for those of us who are here that, that maybe we just have let some of that commitment go that God, you see our lacking and that you'll bring it back there. Whatever you got to do, God, do it here. Get me out of the way and put your son on the throne and keep him there. Um, and God, let this just be a, a place where, where people come. The name of this church is Haven for a reason. You gave it to me, and it's a place where people can come and heal their, their, their lives and to connect to you in a non-threatening way. So God, just um, we want to renew this to be your church. It is yours, but at times we get just distracted by stuff. Maybe our own stuff and the junk that's going on in our own lives or or administrative stuff or just stuff. God, you provide us this year with an awesome blessing of a building. This building means nothing unless you fill it. So God, fill this place with your Holy Spirit. And the people who need to know it all, all the more as 2014 will be a banner year, not only for Haven Church, but for its people. Amen. Please stand. So I love singing songs. I love playing music with that. More importantly, I love the message of this song. It's just a simple message, how he loves us. And sometimes we forget that. It's so simple, but God's always there. He always loves us. So just pray where you are. I know it might be the first time you talk to God in a long time. Take this opportunity to do that. Pray with Jack. But if not, just pray where you are.
keep it going. Awesome song. Amen. Amen. Uh, so we're getting ready to start our new year. Everybody ready for that? The craziness is getting ready to go on. You know, um, I was thinking the other day, you know, I hate New Year's resolutions. Um, you know, I just, anytime I've ever made them, of course, I never followed them like most people. Uh, but probably one of the biggest things I struggle with in my life is, uh, you know, just taking things too seriously, stressing out too much. You know, and the craziness that we got going on is just, you know, it just makes it that much harder. So that's probably my biggest thing, getting ready to come up. You know, I just got to learn to chill a little bit more. Um, but, you know, we take everything that we've heard today, you know, this whole past year, and everything that we learned through our lives, you know, it just makes us stronger. Amen? Amen. That's right. And we just, we need to just take that, take it out there. We need to live our lives the way that he wants us to live it. And that comes through us and through the people that don't know our Lord and Savior. Right? Right? All right. So what do we do? How do we take that out of this church? Taking it to the streets. Right on? Taking it to the streets. This is my favorite song. So watch <laughs> out. I might be out there crowd surfing. <laughs> I hope yeah. you're strong. Oh, man. <laughs> you got a lot of Fred to hold up in the air. <laughs> and you can carry him out in the streets. So. <laughs> All right. Here you guys clap your hands and sing along. One, two, three. Come on, get your soul on. Feel it down in your heart. Take this message to 
way to finish 2013 let's make 2014 better in jesus uh high five hug knuckle punch something do that somebody say merry happy new year whatever it is bye